and welcome to Exploring the Blank Page, a podcast for readers and writers of young adult fiction. I'm host Emily Hendricks, writer of YA sci-fi and fantasy, and my co-host is Kristen Crum, author of the YA rom-com It Happened at Christmas. The Blank Page is where we all start, published or not, and we're excited to share stories that inspire your writing or influence your next book choice. Now let's get to the episode. Once upon a time, today's guest dreamed she would marry a Disney prince and live in a castle. Now she spends her days homeschooling her three Jedi in training, braving the Arizona summers, and reminding her superhero husband that it's almost Christmas, even if it's only January. When she's not writing, she might be found behind her camera lens or planning her next adventure to California. A lover of fairy tales, she believes happily ever after is never far away. Please welcome Sarah Ella. Yay! <laughs> Thank you for having me. Oh, we're so excited to have you on here today. I know Emily and I have connected with you in the past. I know that when you were working on um, Blemished, we were critique partners 100 years ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I know that Emily has taken your headshots the past yeah, few years. Yeah, a couple of times now, which is yeah, exciting. I miss seeing you in person so I can take your picture. <laughs> I know, I need new ones too. <laughs> so before we dive in today's interview, um, Sarah, could you share a little bit about yourself and your publishing journey so far for listeners who may not be familiar with you? Well, um, I am a traditionally published author. So for those um, who are just starting out or don't really know the difference, traditionally published authors are usually with a publishing house that provides you with an editor and um, they kind of do all the stuff for you and put your books on bookshelves and all that kind of stuff. Indie publishing is something that I must bow to these ladies like for doing because I absolutely cannot... um, I just can't wrap my brain around it. It take I feel like that takes so much more work than I'm willing to do. <laughs> so um, I'm traditionally published. My first four books are with um, Thomas Nelson Harper Collins, and I'm currently under contract for two books with Enclave Publishing, which I'm super excited about um, to get the chance to work with Steve Lobby, who is also my agent. So um, Kristen um, has known me since... Um, She tried to kill all of my characters and I had to tell her not to kill all of hers (laughs) and um, to leave some people alive. So um, she's been with me from day one, always encouraging me on my next step in the journey. Um, I had entered a few writing contests, um, won a writing contest in 2000, was it 2014? And then um, um, found an agent. And then about six months later, I had my first offer for a publishing contract. So it went super fast. Um, some of that was good. Some of it was, uh, oh, wow, I'm jumping into this. And this is a, I'm going to learn as I go and realize what I can ask for and what I can't ask for. And um, so it's been interesting kind of going along and and learning about the, the publishing process and the different phases of editing. Um, but each each book has been in its own journey for sure. Um, every book is the hardest book I've ever written. Um, so um, now I'm working on um, an Alice in Wonderland duology, which I'm super excited to be writing something kind of fun and different from, from my normal stuff. I'm just, I'm just along for the ride. I, if people want to keep reading and buying my books, then I'll keep writing them. Well, 
I am super excited for your next book because I love me a good dystopian. So, <laughs> so you're working on that one now, correct? Yes. And yep, due in November. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the bulk of your, the bulk of your, your deadline has been during this COVID pandemic craziness. life. <laughs> yes, craziness. <laughs> um, so how has that affected your creativity and your writing? Well, um, to an outside eye, one might think, well, you're at home, you have all of this free time, you must get a lot of writing done. And to that person, I would give them a cup of coffee and, and quietly laugh as I, <laughs> as I go into the spiral of what it's really like to write um, when you're stuck in the house. Um, being an introvert, being stuck in the house sounds like the best thing ever. But when you're an introvert, you need time alone. And when you're in the house with your husband working at home and your children, I've, I always have homeschooled. So my children are always at home, but um, just kind of not being able to go anywhere off on my own. Like the coffee shop was um, actually super stifling to my creativity. Um, it was, it was really hard. Those first couple months where we were like on lockdown and everything was closed, um, I really found it hard to kind of make myself sit in the chair. Um, I had to re rediscover writing at night because that was how I used to write when I was a new mom with one baby who took five hour naps and I would write during her naps and I had all this energy by nighttime and I would write till midnight and then each baby comes along and with all of the love they bring, they suck a little bit of your life away. I think of it like the Princess Bride when the guy in the pit of despair says, I just sucked one year of your life away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and I don't mean like, I love my children. They're not a torture chamber, but um, it just, the energy goes away. So, um, so with that, COVID kind of drained my energy. It was definitely hard not being able to see friends or... Um, go to church and, and kind of have that outlet um, to be able to go off on my own and recharge. Um, so then once the coffee shop, our local coffee shop, thankfully opened with social distancing measures in place, and I was able to return to my couch when it is not stolen <laughs> by couch stealers at my favorite coffee shop. And um, kind of um, the positive is that my husband um works from home. So I don't have to get a babysitter and I can kind of go off for a couple hours while he's at home with the kids and he's working and I'm working. And I just got a, um, an armchair, which I've wanted for years. And that is now my writing space at home. So that's, that's helped fun. with some of the creativity, kind of making my own space. Um, that's separate from like the bed, because when I'm sitting in bed and I'm trying to write, I'm thinking, oh, well, I kind of just want to go to sleep and watch a movie right now. If I'm in the living room, people are walking through there to get their juice box from the kitchen or, you know, I feel like it's really important to have your own space, whatever that looks like. I'm not a desk worker. I do not like to sit at a desk. It makes me feel like I can't think, but being able to have a chair with my twinkle lights and my little TBR cart right next to me with my little cup of coffee and my little miniature Christmas tree in the corner. My husband calls it my Christmas corner. That um, really helps with the creativity um, to just kind of create your own space. But you, you recently posted a photo of it on Instagram, right? 
Yeah, I did in my stories. Yeah, I want to get a better picture for my it was It was very feed. pretty. I was very inspired by all your twinkly lights and your chair. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was awesome. I was going to say, it sounds like heaven to me. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I have a similar corner. That's I, great. I wanted one and it's been, it's been a beautiful heavenly week at home with my new chair. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, I feel like that kind of makes me think about um, the things that you have talked about previously in loving a good happily ever after, you know, ending to the story, which I myself love as well. Um, so I wanted to ask you how you go about weaving in this Disney magic into your writing. And I read Coral uh, when it came out and I especially loved how you were able to still keep that kind of sparkle of Disney, but also not shy away from a heavy topic like mental health. Do you have any, I don't, I don't know, like how, how did you do that? First of all. (laughs) Thank you. Um, you know, I, I went into the fairy tale retelling genre with an optimistic naivety that, well, the story's already written for me. So all I have to do is just kind of follow the storyline and then make up my own twist on it. And it's going to be so much easier because since I don't plot and I'm a pantser, um, the plot's already written for me. So this is going to be so much easier. It's a standalone. And I just laugh at myself now because um, like I said, every new book is the hardest one Um, with a trilogy. Um, there were a lot of references and um, nods to fairy tales and things, but it wasn't unblemished. Um, the trilogy is not a retelling. With Coral, um, you know, I kind of approached it from knowing how a lot of people feel currently about The Little Mermaid and, and you know, I, I don't care, whatever. I love The Little Mermaid as it is, the way that it is with her insta-love and everything like it's I I just can't hate it um, but I understand why a lot of people are like well she gave up everything for a boy and she you know it teaches girls to disrespect their parents and um so I I kind of went into that knowing okay well there are going to be people who don't want the insta love thing um especially in YA um there's going to be people who you know there's kind of this idea that a, a girl doesn't need a boy to save her and she can kind of be her own hero. And so I, I wanted to be sensitive to that. And what that's what I really loved about what Disney has been doing recently in their stories that focused on um, different kinds of love, like sisterly love in Frozen and brotherly love in Onward and the mother and daughter in Brave um, and friendship. I mean, Big Hero 6, friendships. Um, so as much as I love a good romance and a good love triangle, I also realized that it's not for everybody and that I wanted to focus on these other kinds of relationships. So when I approached Coral, I knew that I wanted to kind of draw from the original fairy tale, um, which is very tragic and dark and ends really tragically. And the first time I ever heard the original Little Mermaid um, was when Marissa Meyer actually uh, orally told the story at a book signing. And I was like, that's how the Little Mermaid ends? That's awful. Why would anybody ever want to to enjoy that story? Um, So um, I kind of wanted to weave the two together. So I listened to the Disney Story Origins podcast, which is a fantastic podcast for anybody looking to um, kind of get the origins 
of Disney fairy tales. Um, it really helped me kind of compare and contrast what's in the Disney version, what's in the Hans Christian Andersen version. Um, and um, being somebody who's who's known people personally who have dealt with um, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, um, I wanted to be sensitive to them. I've dealt with my own um, trauma and things in the past. And so um, when I realized that Coral was going to be about mental health, it was actually not until I had written the first draft and found that there was no heart in the story. Um, I was just kind of trying to fit into this box of retelling The Little Mermaid, but also retelling Hans Christian Andersen's version. And it just wasn't working. Um, but then I came across the quote um, that says, a mermaid has no tears and therefore she suffers so much more. And it was really that quote that really sparked it for me and like, oh, well, I can, this is about so much more than just a mermaid who wants a boy to love her. Um, this is about a girl who is dealing with some really tough things that, um, and yet she can't show emotion. And so the whole idea of emotion is a disease came along. Um, but again, I grew up on Disney. I was raised at Disneyland. I mean, I would live in the castle if I could. So I can't, I feel like I can't write anything without having some kind of um, lightness to it because I feel like every story, no matter what anybody says, um, is about light and darkness. Um, and I really, um, when I'm addressing something that's tough, like mental health and anxiety, like I did in Coral, um, I feel like there always needs to kind of be that, that hope there, not necessarily a happy ending or, um, sugar coating things, but just that there's hope. Um, and so that's kind of, I don't even know if that answers the question. That was a really yeah. long answer. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, that's good. And I appreciate hearing kind of uh, the formation that you went through to get to the point of where Coral's at, you know, when you published it, um, because you, we wouldn't have known, you know, that you didn't even have that as your first in your first draft. So I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So we have talked a little bit about Coral, which I love, and Unblemished, which will always have a piece of my heart. <laughs> but you have this Alice in Wonderland retelling coming up in 2022. I mean, can we can we be even more like, oh, you're killing us? <laughs> it's so long to wait. I feel like I know it'll go by in a flash, but still. And I know you probably are like, oh no, slow down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going too fast. But can you tell us any anything else about it other than dystopian and duology and Alice in Wonderland? Well, I can tell you that Steve Lobby is fantastic because I told him I wanted to take time and he said, well, when do you want to turn it in? And I said, oh, well, I could probably get it in by the end of this year. Um, <laughs> so that is why um, it is coming out not until 2022. The other great thing about Enclave is they only release one book a month. Um, so they really give all of their marketing focus um, that month to that particular book. This month is Kara Swanson's Dust. Mm -hmm. um, um, it's July currently while we're recording this. So um, it will be out by the time this um this podcast is out, but, um, go buy dust because Kara is fantastic. But, um, so with Alice, um, the idea kind of, of 
of games um, really kind of um, inspired me because so much of Alice in Wonderland, um, you know, you've got the cards and you've got the croquet and you've got um, her kind of trying to find her way um, back home. It's kind of like a Wizard of Oz story in a way because she's kind of on this journey. She's trying to find her way in this this crazy world um, until she realizes all she wants to do is be back home. And so um, I can't, you know, story's still in its early phases, so it will change so much by the time it gets through Steve Lobby's hands and Lindsay Franklin's hands, who will be my line editor. Um, so what I can tell you right now is I definitely want to be focusing on um, the idea that um, family is who loves you and it's not always um you know home is kind of where the heart is and and this idea that family is um you know i i was raised by my stepdad um so um i just love the idea that you know family is who you love and family is who loves you and it doesn't have to necessarily be a blood relation um and then with the whole idea of the games what's really fun is um the first book is kind of focused on these um this like tournament um and then there's these different teams and the teams are divided by the different um suits of cards um the hearts the diamonds the um the clubs and the spades. And then um, the second book is like way like not in development, but um, <laughs> in Through the Looking Glass, it's actually like a game of chess. Um, and she's kind of making her way across looking glass land across this like chess board. Um, and when she gets to whatever, I now I can't remember, my own research is away from me, but whatever, like the ninth square or whatever, square it is then Alice becomes the queen um and so I'm kind of like everything is kind of pushing toward um kind of what happens and through the looking glass um and so there's um kind of a gender swap thing going on with um the Mad Hatter being a girl in the first Mm. book and there's a love interest with a boy who disappears who represents a certain cat um he's not an actual cat (laughs) Um, (laughs) but um but I'm really I'm really excited about the dystopian plus fantasy and actually um surprisingly enough I never thought I would write any kind of science fiction into my books because as much as I love Star Trek and Star Wars I just didn't see myself writing it um because in my mind science fiction is in space right um but then you but then you think of like Marissa Meyer and you think of the Lunar Chronicles and that's totally science fiction slash fantasy so kind of there's there's a whole idea of this special gene um called the wonder gene and you um it gives you like these magical powers um awesome. there's a lot more world building to do with that but mm-hmm. that's the base I am, I am so excited to read that <laughs> putting in my hat in the ring right for any kind of proofreading you need <laughs> no oh, oh man but um honestly right along with that one of the things we are trying to kind of put our focus on with this podcast is that we all start at the blank page we all face that you know, blinking cursor and kind of just have to begin our stories. So as you've been going through this, uh, through your writing, what exactly is maybe like just the, the beginning part of your process from blank page to, you know, the first words that you get on there? 
Uh, definitely the working title. To me, the title is everything. And I know the title might change. Um, but coming up with like a really good, inspiring working title um, to me is really helpful in kind of moving the story forward. Um, getting a theme song um, is another um, or even like a theme soundtrack. Um, currently, the theme song for my work in progress is Welcome to Wonderland um, by... Um, oh gosh, what is his name? Aaron? Is it John May? No, no, never mind. It's somebody, but you, I mean, you can't miss we'll, it. It's kind of, we'll put it in the notes. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes so <laughs> they can just think, yeah, click over it. <laughs> I listen to the song every day. So, um, that and then the soundtrack for Ready Player One has mm. been my current, um, non-lyric writing soundtrack. And, um, so those two elements and then all of my books are divided into parts. Um, so kind of, I start with, okay, well, what is the theme of this book? Well, you know, for Unblemished, Eliana was a singer slash actress. She wanted to be on stage. So the parts were done in acts. Um, with Coral, the, um, it goes through a year of her, uh, of her life. So the parts were in seasons. Um, with the Alice in Wonderland retelling, um, it's games. So it's game one, game two, game three. And um, each section will have like a quote from Lewis Carroll. And usually that quote kind of is the whole theme for that section of the book. So once I have kind of those basic parts, um, then the, the thing that really gets me going is I start, um, I start kind of with the end and it's really, I, I, can't, I have to, I can't take credit. I have to give Stephanie Meyer the credit because in Twilight, um, she, the beginning of Twilight is like this tiny little prologue. That's like the hunter is looking at me and, and you're like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so that I have done with all of my books and it seems to at least help me kind of know where I'm going. So I start with a small prologue that kind of is a snippet of a scene I know is going to be toward the end. And that kind of helps me move forward into writing the first chapter. Oh, I love that. That is really cool. <laughs> um, do you have any habits that you, and maybe they've changed since COVID. I know my own writing life has changed since COVID. Um, but yeah, either habits for writing or otherwise, just in general to be a healthy writer. Uh, I don't know if I'm a healthy writer. I feel like I, <laughs> I pair writing with food and not healthy food. <laughs> So wait, um, what is, what is your food for Alice? <laughs> um, so with Alice, it's, um, my go-to has been, I mean, I've become obsessed with tea now. I will never abandon coffee, yes. but I have so much tea. <laughs> I have all these different like London tea and English tea and lady gray tea and all of these different kind of English teas that I've been drinking. And then when I'm at, um, when I'm at my coffee shop, I always get an Irish cream iced latte because when I worked at Disney World and I worked in Epcot as Alice, I would um, go on my lunch break and I would go to the little um, coffee cart um, in the UK area of Epcot and get an Irish cream latte. So that has been my that sounds good. Um, but for like right healthy writing habits, um, I, I mean you know, you hear some people say you should write every day and you hear, you know, you just, you know, everybody's different. I try to write every day, but I know that's not really realistic being a wife and mom and 
working from home and homeschooling. Um, it's just not realistic. So I would say, um, you know, the best thing I could say that I do is when I don't want to write, that's when I know that I need to. And when the words will flow, if I can just push myself to get like all set up, it takes me like 20 minutes to get my whole vibe going and set up and everything. And then the first thing I always do is I turn on my theme song. I don't even look at my screen. I close my eyes and I listen through the lyrics of that whole theme song before I turn on my instrumental writing music and get going. I love that. That is great. That's a great idea. Yes. So I, like, I'm going to try it now. <laughs> I feel like doing the Sarah process. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. This is what we're going to call it. We're going to call it the Sarah process. Awesome. I'm and to me, that seems like a healthy thing. Like you figured out what works yeah. for you and that's what you stick to. And I, I, when you were saying that about pushing through, I feel that to my bones because so many times I'm like, Oh, I just don't want to. And I start on the story and it just sucks you in and you can't stop. <laughs> and that's yes. a good thing. <laughs> or, or you think that it's going to be like so hard and you start writing and then you look up and you're like, I've been writing for 15 minutes and I have so many words. And you're like, that wasn't that hard why am I being such a baby <laughs> it's a mental yes. block I definitely I feel that <laughs> so much so we have come to the time in our interview for the lightning round I feel like we need like yeah. lightning lightning bolts sounds I can right I can do that we could do that <laughs> <laughs> okay so um what are you reading right now I am, what am I reading right now? Uh, War Cross by Marie Lu, because it's also about um, games. And so I'm kind of devouring anything that has to do with playing a game. That's a good one. Nice. Uh, what YA book do you always recommend? Uh, the Selection by Kira Cass. <laughs> um, what Disney character would you be and why? Uh, well, I was Alice, so um, I kind of got to do that. But if I could be anybody, no matter how tall I am, because I know I'm not tall enough, I would be Belle. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yes. Mm. Uh, you would make a perfect Belle. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I pers- really personally, I think so. What is one piece of writing advice? The first one that comes to mind. You are an author, whether you are published or not. So call yourself an author when you refer to yourself. If you're trying to get published, if you're querying, whatever stage you're in, I've heard people who aren't published yet, they're like, well, I'm just a writer. No, you're an author. Are you writing? You're an author. Whether you're an author of a sentence or you're an author of an entire novel, you are an author and um, kind of dress for the job you want, I guess. Own own that title and that will help move you forward. Excellent. Yes. Love it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> okay, one more. And this is, I always, this is like one of my favorite ones. Um, if you were to cast your characters of a book. And I'll let you pick whether it's Alice or whether it's Coral or whether it's Unblemished. If you were to cast them for a movie, who would you cast for which characters? So I'm going to have to probably go back to Unblemished just because I know I'll like, I totally like that was my Pinterest life. And now like, I'm so lazy with like doing (laughs) storyboards for my books. Um, But so Joshua Jackson for Joshua in the trilogy and um, uh, oh gosh, now I'm forgetting the girl from Parenthood who plays Tinkerbell's voice, Mae Whitman um, for Eliana. And um, Kai is the guy from 
I can't remember. Alex Pettifer. Alex Pettifer. Yes. Um, yes that's right. Is um, Kai. And then the girl from Gossip Girl. I can never remember her name. Um, the mean girl with the brown hair. Is it late, um, late, late, Lathan? Or that might be her character's name. That girl is Ebony. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I lied. Then, um, <laughs> then Jason, Jason was, um, was uh, Russell Crowe. Oh. Oh, yes. I like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I lied because I have one more lightning yeah. <laughs> round question because you mentioned tea and I love tea. I'm, I'm the same with you. I would never give up coffee, but I do love tea. So do you have um, a tea recommendation that you're absolutely loving right now? Uh, Harney and Sons Paris tea, Ooh. which um, Emily, did you send me that for my birthday? <laughs> I think I did. I think I did. I, I actually, I mean, I might've gotten it for your birthday accident, like not knowing it, but I really sent it because <laughs> yeah. I was excited and wanted to celebrate your new contract with Enclave. So oh, <laughs> it's publishing tea. My favorite. <laughs> it's a like double, double. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, our last little wrap-up question here is, what is your favorite form of social media and where can people find you online? Instagram is definitely where I uh, spend the most time. As much as I don't post photos every day, that's where most people can see me interacting. Um, so I'm Instagram at Sarah Ella Writes, and then um, you can find me, my Sarah Ella page on Facebook. You can join my Facebook group called Sarah Ella's Bookish Bells. Um, and then my website is sarahella.com. Awesome. We will have all of those links in the show notes and links to your books because you can get those on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. So we will have yep. all of those links on the podcast. Thank awesome. you so much for being here today. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, ladies, for having me. This was fun. Thanks for listening and please subscribe to this podcast so that you'll be updated about new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at exploring the blank page podcast until next time, stay safe and get creative exploring the possibility of your blank page.